Hello, and welcome to This Week I Learned, your audio guide to the most surprising discoveries and fascinating studies of the week. I'm your host, Lauren Hansen. This week I learned that binge-watching TV is good for your relationship. This revelation stems back to our human need for social bonds and social experiences. Back before we had never-ending streaming options on our TVs and phones, the traditional way to build such bonds was to have some friends. For couples, a mutual group of friends can help deepen intimacy because those friends serve as a real-life shared experience. Shared experiences are incredibly important in relationships, and yes, even gossiping about your shared friends counts here, because it allows you to incorporate aspects of your husband, wife, girlfriend, boyfriend into your sense of self. Researchers call this process self-expansion, and it can build feelings of closeness and love. These days, building a robust network of friends whom you see and actually interact with isn't always easy. I mean, who has the time? That's where binge-watching a TV show comes in. A study found that TV shows can fulfill those human social needs. For couples in the study who didn't have many shared friends, the characters from their favorite TV shows actually took on similar roles as real-life friends. So instead of gossiping about your friends, you're spending quality time discussing what's going on between Sansa and Jon Snow or the reign of Mad Queen Cersei. And while this information could potentially be perceived as a little sad or maybe pathetic, that rather than surrounding ourselves with real people we like, we're building our marriages by obsessing over made-up relationships, scientists say this actually reveals our remarkable flexibility in finding ways to fulfill our social needs. This week I learned your nicotine addiction may be a figment of your imagination. According to a new study, your brain's beliefs can strongly impact how a drug affects you. Now, the study looked just at nicotine, but researchers say this could extend to other drugs. So, in the study, 24 chronic nicotine-addicted smokers visited a clinic on four separate occasions to smoke a cigarette and go through some tests. During these visits, they were given cigarettes with nicotine and placebo cigarettes. The trick is that on two occasions, they were lied to. Once when they were given a placebo cigarette, they were told it contained nicotine. And the other time when they were given a nicotine cigarette, they were told it was a placebo. For the other two smoking experiences, what they were told they were smoking, placebo versus nicotine, was indeed the truth. So, scientists use brain scanning technology, an fMRI, to measure the participant's insula cortex. This is the region of the brain associated with drug cravings and addiction. Now, what's interesting is that scientists expected that the presence of nicotine, even when the smokers didn't know it was there, would show some sort of craving response, compared to when the subjects only thought they were smoking nicotine. But this wasn't the case. Brain scans did show significant neural activity when the smokers were told and were, in fact, smoking nicotine. But when they were smoking nicotine but were told it was a placebo, scientists didn't find those same brain signals. So basically, nicotine alone doesn't satisfy the addiction response. Your brain needs to be on the same page. 
So the results from this study support previous finds that one's beliefs can alter a drug's effect on craving, and these kinds of insights could lead to new methods of treatment. This week I learned why paper cuts hurt so damn much. Even when that flimsy piece of paper doesn't even break the skin, a paper cut can burn like a five alarm fire. And that's because our fingers are packed with nerve endings. There are more pain receptors in the tips of our fingers than almost anywhere else in our body, which is a very helpful tool considering that our fingertips have to manage both the big stuff, like being the first to reach out and explore the world, as well as the small, delicate stuff, like trying to thread a needle or pluck an eyelash from someone's cheek. Having all those nerve endings in our fingertips is kind of a safety mechanism. These nerve endings are called nociceptors, and through the sensation of pain, they warn the brain about dangers like high temperatures, chemicals, or pressure that could damage the skin. But there's another biological response for all that pain from such a tiny cut. Those cuts don't benefit from the body's natural defense mechanisms like blood clotting and scabbing. Frankly, paper cuts are usually just not deep enough to trigger that response, which leaves our nerve endings vulnerable and exposed. This week I learned there's a sartorial defense against venomous snake bites. Your genes. According to a new study, denim can effectively reduce venom injections from rattlesnakes. In a lab, scientists created model human limbs. They covered one set in denim and left the other set bare, and then they exposed those limbs to small and large Southern Pacific rattlesnakes. Denim did not in any way stop the rattlesnakes from attacking the limbs, but the denim did successfully interfere with venom delivery. Fang contact and the number of bites were similar between the bear and denim model subjects, but on the denim limbs, there was a high proportion of dry bites and a large quantity of venom spilled harmlessly over the fabric. All told, scientists saw a 60% reduction in venom injection with the denim. So next time you're walking into rattlesnake country, opt for a long pair of jeans to reduce the severity of a possible snake bite. And that does it for this week's episode of This Week I Learned. Look out for new episodes every Friday on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. To learn more about any of the facts I've mentioned or to check out the week's selection of podcasts, including 7-Minute Opinions and 7-Minute Explainers, go to theweek.com slash podcasts. And if you like what you hear, subscribe, tell your friends, or give us a rating or review on iTunes. I'm Lauren Hansen, and thank you so much for listening. I'm Josh Barrow. And I'm Lynette Lopez. And this is Hard Pass, the podcast that definitely doesn't want to go to spin class with you. (laughs) Every Monday, Josh and Lynette will unpack, examine, and dismiss something you've been trying to ignore. Aspen's full of rich people who are more or less screaming, I'm rich, bitch. All these little nerds on Wall Street want to be just like him. The airlines are like flywheel. And as the airlines... I just don't like this. With each episode, you'll know more than you wanted, and that lunch at your desk will taste just a little bit better. Find us wherever you get your podcasts or at Hard Pass Podcast on Twitter.